brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Jalen Hurd, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with the Trash Man and a big show for you guys today. A couple different topics we'll go over. Now, before we do, just a reminder if you're watching us on YouTube, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Just search for the Roster Watch podcast. If you're listening there, if you could please give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be Greatly, greatly appreciative. Uh, just getting super excited for the draft. Coming right up. It's right around the corner, Trash Man. What the hell is going on, brother? Uh, just enjoying a lovely sunny day here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. Wish I could be at the, could be at the Springs. Yeah, well. Taking a dip. You, you, you and your type aren't allowed to congregate down there anymore, trash man. Were you, were you one of these people going down there and all these photos where they, where they weren't ma- maintaining their proper social distance? Oh no! I mean, the springs have been closed. I don't, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know who's been down there, but yeah, you know, the uh, shouldn't be. Yeah, they shouldn't be. That's for sure. You know, in Austin, they're about, it. It definitely takes all types around here, though. You never know. Well, they just they just extended. I think that they, their, and and there's that area too down below Barton Springs where all the dirt balls go with their dogs. In, in oh, barking, barking, barking springs. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that might have been the the, uh, the the photos that I saw. Regardless, yeah, probably. We have three different things we want to get to today. Just a quick, a quick little look at some news and notes from around the NFL. Uh, Trashman and I are each uh, going to talk about three different players that we are targeting in trades for Dynasty right now. Is the Dynasty trades are picking up, man. As we get around to the draft, we're going to have rookie drafts right after it. People are trying to get their rosters in line for um, identifying their needs in the rookie draft. So we're getting a ton of questions about dynasty trades so just a couple of maybe under the radar players we're looking to trade for in dynasty and then we'll also have our quick breakdowns from the uh, uh from the uh rookie scouting spotlights the trash man and i have up right now at rosterwatch.com most recently deandre swift james robinson and jamichael hasty three running backs of very different calibers in, in, in this class uh, when looking at their skill sets. But first, just some quick news and notes. Trash me, it looks like David Johnson passed his physical and you know, Bill O'Brien 
really bragging about it, saying that he passed with flying colors and that he's just so excited to, so excited to see him. Um, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I mean, is Bill O'Brien just kind of saying all this just so he's kind of tries to not get as much blowback from the whole idiotic uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade? And here's, here's my question. Do you feel like Bill O'Brien's going to feel forced to just, you know, run the shit out of this guy based on what he gave up to get him? Yeah, I think he's going to try to, you know, keep as much crow out of his mouth as possible. And I think that entails <laughs> running the wheels off of David Johnson. Hey, and then if, and then if he breaks down, then he's just, well, we just gave him, you know, we gave him too much work, I guess. We gave him all the work we could. We overworked him. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I was, all, I was surprised when David Johnson kind of tanked like he did when he did. I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a you know, a string of uh, a series of unfortunate events. Concerning he, his so, health. he looked so bad though, when he was able to play last year and to lose your job to Kenyon Drake in the way that he did. It's just, I mean, I asked Steve Kahn about that. I don't know if he, lo- I don't know if he lost it. He so did much lose his job. Drake's, Kenyon Drake snatched that job from well, his, Cl- from his Cliff hands. Kingsbury I mean, and Steve Kahn both looked at me and they just said, are you, are you going to take him out of the game? Are you going to take out Kenyon Drake for David Johnson from what you've seen? And the answer is, is of course, no. Um, I do think with volume – I dude, how about this? I just made a tra- I just made a dynasty trade, and I, David Johnson is not on my list of guys I'm trading for, but this was a trade offer that came to me. I, I, just, I just got David Johnson for, for Nikhil Harry. <laughs> and, and a dynasty? Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not so bad. I mean, the kill Harry, he's 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 definitely got some upside. I guess depending on who's throwing it to him. But um, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I understand he has upside, but I just feel like David Johnson is somebody who, unless he, unless he has failed spectacularly, unless he has had some sort of event or some lingering sets of events that have completely ruined. Uh, his his you know physical being or at least to where what it was you know two to three years ago I, I'm going to be getting you know what seventy percent of David Johnson that we had seen at his peak in an offense that's going to be forced him for, forcing him the football for maybe the next two years or so whereas Nikhil Harry the quarterback situation there is now completely up in the air I mean I love Nikhil Harry but the quarterback situation is at this point completely up in the air. The whole offensive situation is completely different there. I mean, today the, the 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 win total for the New England Patriots this this coming season. I just saw Pro Football Talk tweeted has been the lowest it's been in like what like seventeen. Years. They have an eight point five win total over under. <laughs> that, that, that'll I'm probably still sh- win the win the division. Uh, <laughs> shit, man, Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo. Uh, yeah. Buffalo's eyes are as wide as saucers looking at that AFC East right now. <laughs> That's true. I. I I feel like well do you th- do you think David Johnson he's an RB two? I, I mean, do you think he's verges on the territory of RB one? Are you are you that bullish on him? No, no. But I think I th- I think he could be, I think he could legitimately be a, a candidate for RB two ish numbers <laughs> this year. I think he probably should be. So do you feel? So you putting are you putting him there with like where Lamar Miller has been for the past? You know, three seasons. No, that, I like about, I like it better. I think I, 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 I think I think the question you need to ask yourself is: Would you rather have David Johnson, or would you rather have David Johnson or Damian Williams right now before the NFL draft? 
you know that the Texans aren't 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 drafting a running back. The, whereas the Chiefs probably will. James Conner. I mean, doesn't David Johnson, knowing how the Texans are probably going to use him, do, doesn't he seem like probably a safer bet than even James Conner, who the, who we've gotten word from you know people close to that organization and people who report on the Steelers that. I mean, there's definitely a there's got to be a post David Johnson plan. I feel like I feel like Connor and Johnson are right about the same level for me right now. What about Chris Carson or Raheem Monster? Would you rather have him than one of those guys? I kind of right now. I kind of think I would. Than both? Like yeah, yeah. Monster I worry. Really I on. worry about the fact that guy, a guy like Brock Eward, who co- who is close to the team there for Seattle, has said that you know bet on it that they're going to draft a running back. I don't like the fact that Rashad Penny is a former first round pick. I know he's going to be coming off injury, but there should be something. I mean, that guy's out of sight, out of mind. But they spent a first round pick on him. We know that these idiots pick running backs like crazy. I don't think Chris Carson's job is particularly safe. And, and then Raheem Mostert. He's been practice squad and, and special teams fodder for his whole entire career to this point. I, and so, Damian, I, it wasn't, so Damian Williams, basically. Well, all right. I feel like I, this. I'm just. I, I'm just where I'm just not. I'm skeptical about David Johnson's uh, abilities right now. If David ability Johnson to stay is, healthy or just ability or the fact that he looked like he crapped his pants last season when he was healthy, the fact that he looked like he crapped his pants. If well, that's fair. I mean, he looked bad when he was supposedly healthy last year. So I mean, I can I can understand that, but um, I. Like right now, Bill O'Brien is flying colors. Right now, I pick I pick a I pick a healthy Raheem Mostert over David Johnson. Right now, I I just I I I'm not sure that I can with all the with all the running backs that they have there and people coming getting healthy and everything. I mean, do you have no faith and you have no faith that you know guys like Tevin Coleman? I think Matt Breida is 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 not. Can they? Hey, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman was was back in that mix. Late last season, and and Mostert still produced. I'm I'm not, but he only produced whenever he got in the games and he was able to outproduce him. Kyle Shanahan even said that we went with the hot hand. You know, it's like in some games he might not get the hot hand, right? It doesn't that have to be true? He's going to be a committee back regardless. I, I think David. Johnson I feel like, but I feel like he had the hot hand whenever he was in. I feel like he's going to be the de facto. So you just think Raheem Mostert's just straight up better than Tevin Coleman, better than any of these other assholes? I mean, if that's the case, it's fine. I just, I think, you know, I think they're both back end running back can twos you, right can, now. Can you and can I, you take him off the field? They're both back end running back twos right now. What I'm looking for in my back end running back twos is assured volume. I don't feel like I want to base the assumption of volume with Raheem Mostert on the fact that he develops a hot hand and can keep the hot hand through a whole football game. I think that the he volume is going to come from David he Johnson. He had the hot hand every time he was in. He was in. All right, fair enough. Uh, what about if you're not the, taking um, Kenyon Drake out? You're not taking Raheem Mostert out. What's up? How about how how about Lance Zerline's tweet? Uh, he only one team he's spoken to uh, once again, roster watch ahead of the curve on Antonio Gibson talking about him since the senior bowl. only one team that Lance Zerline's talked to sees him in any sort of wide receiver or wide receiver um, 
uh, type of position. And get this, our comp from in the stands at the Senior Bowl of kind of like a little, uh, kind of a little bit of a Joe Mixon was the same comp that he got from one NFL coach on Antonio Gibson. Your thoughts? Well, I've, I thought Antonio Gibson is an amazing absolute athlete. I think he's somebody, if you, if you coach him up, I think he's a little bit raw, you know, and he actually didn't play the position that much comparatively to a lot of these guys coming into the draft. But I think he's somebody who's got natu- a lot of natural talent and he's got good vision. I think he's somebody, if you put him in the right place, is going to thrive. He's got, he's got home run hitting, uh, uh, explosiveness, and, and ability from every play. So he's, you know, the more I, the more I, th- I think about him, the more he kind of reminds me. I mean, I think he could have like a Le'Veon Bell type role on an offense. Yeah, dude, he's, he's big. He weighs, what, 228, 223 pounds, something like that? I mean, he's a big dude. Antonio Gibson is six, is six foot, 228 pounds. He's a, big, he's a big, beastly guy that runs a 4.39, an 84th percentile athlete among wide receivers. I love Antonio Gibson. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're so high on him. I'm glad we've been so high on him, and I'm glad that we were the ones that brought him to everybody's attention from this. You were screaming from the mountaintops about this fucking guy for months. I'm, I'm hey, glad. him and Denzel Mims. Yeah. Well, speaking of Denzel Mims, uh, what about the Bob McGinn article? Um, every year, Bob McGinn has an awesome article uh, where he where – he, uh, where he pulls all these NFL executives and asks them about these different players and stuff. And it turns out that um, not only with we're getting the word from Ian Rappaport that Denzel Mims played through a broken hand last year, which is just crazy to think about when you saw the highlight reel sideline catches he was able to make, like you do that with a broken hand, you know, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? But uh, one scout told the athletics, Bob McGinn, that he believes Baylor Mims is better than CeeDee Lamb and maybe better than Jerry Judy. That's via uh, that's the write-up on Roto World via The Athletic. Um, Bob McGinn's article, always awesome there. You get a lot of insight on players, and he really does talk to a bunch of these scouts. Of course, that's just one scout's opinion, but um, interesting. Man, that's not just one no. scout's opinion. Yeah, well, I that's mean- that. <laughs> yeah. It's also it's also your opinion, and you watch about as much of this stuff as a as as a, as, as a lot of these guys. I know that there was also in that same report, though, um, some people thinking that maybe he could be um, kind of a kind of kind of a boomer bust, a boomer yeah, bust. Yeah, I, d- I mean, player. I think that. I mean, he's he's. I think he's a high upside guy. He definitely could be boomer bust. He could. I mean, and I compared him a lot to a guy who you know has been kind of seen as boom or bust in the NFL up until very recently. And that was Devonte Parker. There was another, actually the, the last guy that I reviewed kind of reminds me a little bit of Mims in the way I kind of get excited watching him. I don't think we'll talk about him today. Next time, next, next pod. Next time. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad because I know who it is and I'm glad you like him. Cause he's a, he's a sick man. Um, all right, let's get on to this. These, these, these dynasty buys. So, uh, 
I guess, I, I mean, David Johnson, I'm not going to use that as one, but David Johnson's a player who I have bought <laughs> in the last like day um, in, in, in dynasty, just for the reasons we discussed earlier. And plus I just thought, man, the guy sent me the offer for Nikhil Harry. I just kind of sat there. I'm like, how long can I really think about this? We're talking about it. You know, I have a lot of good, I have a lot of good wide receiver depth. I'm not a guy that really likes to really likes to sit and wait and wait and wait and wait on receivers. I'm more, I'm more apt to sit and wait around on running backs and um, get these more established wide receivers as, as we've talked about a lot before. So well, I'm not going to go with him, but how about this one a little bit deeper? Joe Mixon is, say, is now saying he's going to hold out. The Bengals are cheap. Are, are they going to pay? I mean, if he asks for anything like Christian McCaffrey money, they're going to laugh him out of the goddamn room. That's for sure. Is, any, is anybody going to make Christian McCaffrey money? Well, Christian McCaffrey is going to make it. He's going to earn every cent. He, but, uh, is he? I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can even earn every cent. If anybody can, it's Christian McCaffrey. He's a thousand yard receiver on top of being a on, on top. Well, of I guess they kind of kind of are paying him like an upper echelon. Well, a he's pretty an high upper echelon receiver. What, is, what his agent had to say is that he's an offensive weapon. I saw a tweet from uh, one of the rivals guys that, uh, earlier today saying like. Do you think we were off in in making Christian McCaffrey a four star instead of a five star, and then like posted the article about it? I'm like, I can save you a click with reading this article. Of course you were wrong. How about you not made this kid a fucking five star? <laughs> but um, the uh, the uh, here's the fact of the matter: Joe Mix is not going to get paid like that. He might want to get paid something close to that. He's probably going to want Zeke money, which is cockamamie. He's he's not as good as Zeke. What about trading right now on the complete cheap for Travion Williams and or a golden son, Rodney Anderson? Oh, Rodney Anderson. Wow. I I still feel like the Bengals. I think he tells Joe Mixon, no way, I man. Feel like, but I feel like the no Bengals way. are kind of – I feel like the, you know, A.J. Green isn't the player he used to be. I feel like Mixon is the face of the Bengals right now, especially with He's that the run. Face the Bengals? Who is kind of, a, kind of an awkward joke? It's, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon is a very troublesome face to have as the face of your franchise. <laughs> hey, the Bengals have never had issues with that in the past. Well, fair enough. But the, it's it's guys like <laughs> this Bob is the team Burke. that took on this is the team that took on Pac Man <laughs> and, and kept him there, and he was and he was and it was and it was a little trouble there. I understand. We got Keith D sixteen in the chat saying Mixon should get twelve million per. I, Woo! It's, it's pretty. It's pretty hefty, Keith D sixteen. I. I mean, it's just these running backs. It's like, do, do we just look at the? Do we just look at a Super Bowl where? Do we just look at a Super Bowl where both starting running backs were just basically undrafted, <laughs> kind of low contract guys? It's like, I mean, you pay these guys twelve million per. It's, I mean. I don't know, man. I just I, I can see a scenario where he's maybe not long for that team or uh, just in Dynasty where you get to keep these guys forever. We love Travion coming out. We loved Rodney Anderson coming out. I think there could be a little bit of a buy window right now just in case Joe Mixon's future with the team has has any uncertainty. Both those both those players are, are awesome. You know, both those guys are. I just, are I don't, awesome. I don't see them getting rid of mix. I don't think they you can get, you, can get rid you, of mixing. You can get, you can get Travion right now for a twenty twenty one third or something like that. That's true. I, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't think they're getting rid of mixing anytime soon. He's too good. I mean, honestly, down the stretch there, was there anybody? I mean, it was Christian McCaffrey. 
who was anybody's putting up? I mean, maybe Kenyon Drake that was putting up numbers like Joe Mixon, you know, to that. Well, that's because they were trying to tank and lose the rest of the season. And they were just handing him the football 35 times and beg a loss. Well, hey, that's what, the, that's what, that's what they're doing with Chris McCaffrey. I feel like Mixon can put up those kind of numbers if they're using him like someone like a Christian McCaffrey on a regular basis. I think he's, he's a, he's a great pass catcher. I mean, I, I mean, they're it's, gonna, it's like the Derrick Henry thing. They, once they realize what they have with a running back like that, He's going to hold out. It's hard to take him off the field. He's going to hold out. And if he holds out more than a few games, you could even use Travion early in the season. That's fine. I, I, I think you can get those guys cheap. So, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I don't think that the negotiations with the, with the Brown family and Joe Mixon's agent are going to be the same as the, as the negotiations between Tepper and McCaffrey's agent. It's just it's it's not the it's not the same. He's not the same kind of offensive weapon. I don't think it's going to get done amicably. I don't think it's going to get done early. I think this thing's going to be a fight. So, I like those guys. Uh, what do you think? Uh, who are you buying right now in, in in dynasty? Looking to or at least looking to trade for Darius Slayton. Okay. Do you feel like his value is depressed, or is this because you love him so much? I don't feel like it's depressed. I think it's you know I think a lot of people. Are, st- are still sleeping on Slayton. And I, I just think, like, there's few players that I get excited about seeing on the field like I do with Darius Slayton. I think he's only just starting to, to get going. I think he's somebody who, you know, when they start getting close to double-digit targets, I mean, he didn't really get – it wasn't until week 10 of last season that he saw double-digit targets – and he, he, he kind of hovered around there for the rest of the season. But, I mean, just there weren't many receivers who were, I think, as exciting as he was and have as high up as high as upside as he does. On a team that a lot of people are still questionable about, I just think he's somebody that if you, you can get at a pretty reasonable price right now, and he's somebody who can t- turn up for you every week in a big way. Uh, current well, – let's see, a current um... – Current best ball ADP. Let me just look and see. What, what, what do you think Slayton's current ADP is in best ball? 90.9. So we're talking, let's see, 96 is the end of the eighth round. So mid-eighth, mid mid-eighth round ADP in that sort of setup. So probably a little bit higher in dynasty startups. I'd imagine you could probably get him for a, what, get him for a, I think you get him for a 2020 Third, I think you probably need to give up a second to get him. If we're just talking you straight, think so? mix. I I don't. Th- do you do you think a third will get it done? I think so. I'm well, with sure. a lot of people, I think not with not with people that are too savvy, but I think with somebody who who doesn't pay as much attention to some of these upcoming wide receivers as we do, I think it's somebody you could you could slip through in a trade. Everybody for for me, everybody seems so concerned about the San Francisco 49ers taking a wide receiver in this draft. I I think if Jalen Hurd is 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 healthy, Lord Jalen cometh, we're gonna get a big year out of him. I'm interested. I've 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 tra- I've I've already traded for Jalen Hurd in every dynasty league that I'm in. Uh just from the from the athleticism, from the way he could be used for how perfectly he fits into 
uh, Shanahan system on a team that could really use a guy that's just a big imposing player who can play both play in the X and play as a big slot with as much as they can move around guys like Debo Samuel, the things that they can do matchup wise with a player like Jalen Hurd to play off of him. And then if you just go back and watch some of the preseason stuff or go back and watch any of our pro day highlights, um, if he's healthy and that's a big question mark because it was a back injury that he was still dealing with even at the very end of last season. But if Jalen Hurd, the wide receiver who will be the second-year wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, the guy who they spent a third-round pick on last year that they were super high on, uh, look, he's a, he's a beast. And I'm interested in acquiring him right now because I'm, I'm getting him as a throw-in and I'm getting him for, for basically free. Um, you, do, you, do you have any thoughts at all about Jalen Hurd or if he could fit in there? Or do you think that they're going to be drafting a wide receiver for sure like everybody else seems to? I'm just I'm, – I'm not sure that they're going to. They – they went with two of those guys with two straight bullets last year. Jalen Hurt. Yeah. I, I said Jalen Hurt with it. Yeah, Jalen Hurt with it. Yeah, it's easy to get. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a I guess a poor attempt at a at a joke. Oh, okay. I, I thought like you're getting mixed up with Jalen Hurts. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, I still feel like they haven't given up. On Dante Pettis, they should. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel, yeah, I feel like they still haven't given up on him. And and Debo Samuel, I still feel is 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 working his way up through that offense. I I don't hate putting some investment in Hurd though, and, but I do he's, think that he's free. He's free. It's yeah, free. I I I do think they'll probably add help in the wide receiver department, but I still I, I feel like they could. Hurd still d- deserves a chance to produce in that offense. And hopefully they have a quarterback who can uh, <laughs> produce with him, give him something to produce with. George George Kittle just says all this talks cockamamie that Jimmy G's – all those guys think Jimmy G's awesome as far as what George Kittle says, if you can believe him. Um, what do you think? Uh, uh, we've got – so you got two more of these guys. I got one more. Who's who, Who's your next dynasty trade target? Uh, McCole Hardman. Hmm. I, I was, I'm, I was, not sure how, I'm not sure how cheap you can get him. You don't think so? What, what? I, I, I personally think right now he's overvalued. Well, I he's feel going like much I feel higher like, in these like startups than I'm comfortable taking him. I, I mean, like I've seen him grow a little Marcus bit now that, now that now that Watkins' uh, um, contract has been restructured. I feel like people are going to maybe think that it's going to be another year before his breakout. And and it might be um, before he fully breaks out. But I just, I don't know that there was a player who was quite as efficient as he was on as few targets as he got last season. It was just pretty uncanny the way that, you know, if you, if you plugged Hardman in uh, and Dinah, I mean, and, and daily, there was a good chance that, you know, that one or two targets he got, he was going to pop off. And I just feel like if you if you can even just get him a handful of targets on a game with that kind of efficiency, I feel like he's he only going to continue to improve even with Watkins still kind of I guess being the du jour um, wide receiver too there in Kansas City. He had uh, so at the Raiders he had a seventeen pointer at Baltimore he had an eighteen pointer versus Indy he had eleven point three at Denver he had ten point eight. Green Bay, he had 13.5. At 
at Tennessee, he had 13.3. And then at New England, he had 11.8. So out of all the games you could have started him in daily, not counting the Super Bowl, that's 17. Uh, so 16, he had 15 games in the season. He missed one game. He had two games in the divisional playoffs, the conference championships. He got you a reasonable game. So a game of at least 10 fantasy points in PPR. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of 17. Not quite what I would really like from a distribution standpoint, but you are right in the fact that some of those games were like, like versus Baltimore. Remember that game? He had a he had he had you know two receptions and ninety seven yards for like a for a touchdown, right? To get you like an eighteen pointer. It didn't take much for that guy. In fact, the most receptions he had in the game last season was just four which is kind of wild looking back at it. That was the, his, his, yeah. his high number of receptions last year was just four. But well, and he caught um, most, of the, most of the passes that were thrown to him. My next guy is, and we talk about him a lot, I feel, I feel like, on this podcast, but it's just because I love him as a player and I feel like he's in a situation where he's getting swindled. Do you know who this is? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I – don't, I don't think it's the same guy that I picked, but uh... – I'm buying Kareem Hunt in every dynasty league that I can. I've bought him in every okay. dynasty league that I can because I feel like people are still married to the idea that he's in his backfield mate with Nick Chubb and that he is, uh, you know, that, that his role has been relegated. And, you know, it certainly has to some degree. But I think that Kareem Hunt is going to be biting in to more of Nick Chubb's workload this year than some people think. And look, he's only on a one year deal, $3.5 million. Kareem Hunt is still only 24 years old. He's going to, he's going to be on a new team with a new contract at age 25, still a good two to three years off from the age apex. I, I, he's going to be somebody starting runner and a stud starting runner in the year 2021. Right. Why am I not buying him for like a second round rookie pick right now? Or take like I took him in like the seventh round of a dynasty startup the other day. I said I can't believe like this is still this is still Kareem Hunt. It's still Kareem Hunt, and you just giving him to me on a silver platter. Thank you, thank you for now. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, yeah, Kareem Hunt is a starter on any other team. Any Basically. other team? Any other? Well, he's not on the Panthers, but the Panthers are going to go out and get him. <laughs> you know, the Saints are going to go out and get him, right? Like hey, maybe, hey, maybe, maybe, maybe the Bengals will. Yeah. Maybe the, <laughs> oh, somebody you get to stay in Ohio, close to all those all those casinos. He likes to get in trouble in. <laughs> and Nizri, twenty three. I hope I'm saying that right. He says he's betting me two Jersey Mike sandwiches. McLaurin outperforms. Amari Cooper this season. No, on his That's interesting. No, about thing. <laughs> it's not in it. It's Ani Shree. Oh, okay. Is, is that Ani? Yeah, what up, Ani? <laughs> hey, Ani. Oh, up, man. Um, all right. Who you, so that's my Kareem Hunt take. And that's, that's funny. I actually considered um, having McLaren as my, as my third guy. But I just I don't I don't know that that quarterback situation is, is going to shore itself up this season. No, Ugh. somebody who I somebody who I do think is going to uh, pick it up this season though is, is Naheem Hines. He was the third guy I went with that I feel like you should be angling for in dynasty with yeah. Philip 
Rivers under center. I think they're probably going to be a little less conservative on that offense. And, you know, just with the way Phil Rivers has been running his offense, in fact, he likes to throw, he likes to he likes to dump off quite a bit. And I feel like Naeem Hines is going to be the recipient of quite a few of those. Fair enough. Yeah, I think it goes without saying that, that Naeem Hines is probably a good buy right now. I think if you're in a super sharp league, um, I, I think I think that narrative starting to get out there that he could be an Austin Eckler and um, certainly if your league, if, if the owner doesn't value him or doesn't have a sneaky feeling about him, you know, see if you can get him as a throw in. I, I, I definitely agree. All right. On to these rookies. Let's just fire through them. Trash me. And let's start with the best one. DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, five foot eight and a quarter, 220, 212 pounds, um, ran the four, four, eight, 40, basically a 60th percentile athlete at the NFL combine. My comparison for him was Alvin Kamara. He just reminds me so much of Kamara with uh, the way just the the stop start, the 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 cuts, the shiftiness. Um, I've already had a podcast with Byron where we've gone over him in depth. So I think you know you can go back to listen to episode two thirty six. I think with Byron and I, if you want to hear my complete thoughts on DeAndre Swift, but interested in hearing Trash Man's thoughts. And it, are you pretty much chalking him up as your number two running back at least? thus far or do you, th- do you think he's going to stick there your thoughts on deandre swift yeah he's 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 easily my number two right now he's just so shifty and he's got he's just got such good vision i think and such a high football iq you can just see him working out there and you and you can see kind of the <laughs> the cogs working as he's as he's running running actually running through these defenses i it's hard to find, I think, a, a guy of his size who can who can move themselves through space as well as he does with his stops and starts and just his his his, his quick cutbacks, his spinning moves, and he's got great strong arms and he hurdles people. He's just you know he's a complete package. Um, my one knock against him was that he didn't have the kind of work um, in Georgia like he did. I mean, not like Jonathan Taylor did. He We haven't seen Swift of the full load, and so that's my only kind of knock against him really at this point. But from what we've seen, it's it's hard to, I think, find another player who's as evasive as he is, but yet that still runs with power and with speed and precision. And probably among the guys at the very top, probably the best, the most reliable pass catcher. Pass catcher um, and route. He's a yeah. he's a he's a really good route runner. Just and, really, and, and, really and, and, uh, he gets up to speed so fast. He's just the stop start getting 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 up to speed. It's it's a different kind of evasive than an Eno Benjamin. Even though he kind of reminds you a little bit, uh, you know, the way he can just cut on a dime. Right, it reminds you a little bit of Eno, but he, he just he gets up to speed so much. He accelerates so much differently. Like he operates in a different kind of in a different realm, a whole different sphere than, than, you know, Benjamin does as far as just getting back up to speed. Right. It's, it's, yeah. uh, he's, he, he's, he's awesome to watch. And in, in, in my comp forms, Alvin Kamara, I, I think that both, I think those guys are, those guys are elusive and they're unique runners in a similar way. I know it's hard to make a stylistic comp to Alvin Kamara simply because he is such a unique runner, but I think Deandre Swift has been the closest I've seen since Alvin Kamara came, you know, came out and we've seen, got, got, got to see him in the NFL. Mine was Dalvin Cook. I I, I felt that they they, they they kind of have similar player profiles. They're not really power backs, but 
they run with pop and they, they can they can take it to the house at any point really and this is a guy who's just really shifty and you know a, a guy who you, who you look at just standing there and maybe you're not like uh he's he's not that physically imposing but yet he somehow manages to pick up a lot of run uh yards after either contact or the catch so that was a comparison for me let's let's move on to jermichael well, just saying that, well and well it's one more thing just the fact that you're able to produce on an offense along with guys like nick chubb elijah holyfield and sony michelle and still you know make a name for yourself that's that's impressive to me not not the Elijah Holyfield part, right? But the other <laughs> – No, I mean, look, we, we we thought Elijah Holyfield was a, a decent player hey, in a 4 8 That's championship that's – cha- that's world championship pedigree. Jim, Jermichael Hasty, the running back out of Baylor. He's 5'8", 205, um, ran a 4.55. Uh, 40, but, you know, it was the – it was the um, – it was the other – it was the other uh, – Drills where he really showed out really well, a 95th percentile 20-yard shuttle, a 90th percentile uh, vertical jump. I mean, this guy's a 90th percentile spark athlete, a little bit older. He's going to turn 23 on September 12th of this year. And also not uh, not productive, you know, not productive within the structure of the Baylor offense. Only 811 total yards last year uh, and seven touchdowns. That's only a 14% market share of the team's total uh, yardage compared to this next guy we'll talk about that's absolutely uh pu- absolutely puny only 12 percent of the touchdowns but uh does have a little bit of does have a little bit of duke johnson to his game that we were able to notice at the senior bowl uh, what are your thoughts on jermichael hasty i don't i don't have i don't have much to say about him i, I mean i kind of kind of like him as a as a probably a future satellite back or maybe somebody that could have a little bit of pop for us in dfs if it turns out that he's a primary backup somewhere or sort of a, you know, a backup that's also like a satellite back to maybe one week where a starter's injured, we hear he could be getting, you know, 15 touches, somebody that we could play at men's salary. But besides that, I, I'm not, you know, going out guns blazing to make sure that I can get my hands on Jermichael Hasty in any form of fantasy right now. No, actually, Duke Johnson was was actually my comp for Jermichael Hasty. I feel like he's a third down back. But he's he's one that could produce. He's one, I mean, like a Duke Johnson on a you know pretty regular basis. I just don't see him as the guy you're going to angle for as you know anything higher than your running back three. You know, regardless oh. of where he lands. Yeah, and at, not right out of the gate. He like he won't be your running back three out of the gate. I don't know. I'm not even sure he'll. I'm not even sure he'll be on a. I mean. He'll be, he'll be on a 53-man roster, but like it's the kind of thing where he's gonna need to he's gonna need to fall in somewhere, get a job, you know, show it in preseason. Um, it's gonna it'll be it, it'll be a, it'll be a slow drip with that guy, but I think he could get up to that. Uh, you know what the comp was on uh, mock draftable that was uh, that I thought was kind of fitting. What about Donald Brown? Do you, do you remember Donald I- Brown? With the- yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, what That's I do like about Hasty, what I do like about Hasty is that he's so athletic. I feel like a player, you know, he's kind of a player who's been, I'm going to say underestimated, but he's a guy who's athletic enough. I think in the right position, he could be someone who you know you you put in there in your flex, you know, on a semi weekly basis, depending on where he is, and could pop off for you. 
His, his comp, I love this. His comp on player profiler is Fozzie Whitaker. That's a good, that's a good comp. Uh-huh. A blast from the past for us boys down, down, down here in Austin. Um, that's probably, dude, that's kind of, I mean, Fozzie was an NFL player for how many years? Six, seven. I can see Jermichael Hasty having Quite a similar a type, similar type of career. I, I believe he has the same agents uh, as uh, <laughs> I believe team team sports. I'm pretty sure that they they also were Fozzie's agent. So interesting there. All right. Um, finally, James Robinson, Illinois, Illinois State, the Redbirds, trash man. How fired are, How fired up are you for the man with the biggest thighs I've I've seen since since since, <laughs> since, since Darius guys. Since Darius, guys, I you know who had big thighs too was um, uh, for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars running behind right Reich- well, right well, yeah, he has yeah. Uh, some thighs. James, James James Robinson has has bigger thighs than Reichwell Armstead. I can I can tell you that with one hundred percent certainty. Oh, Ex- wow. ex- examine them both closely. <laughs> well he does have well he's it's hard for him to get those legs off the ground you see him running and it's like he's like he's a little bit like a, a little bit of a tiptoe burglar he doesn't get those feet very high it's kind of funny to watch him but he, he kind of glides he kind of glides when he runs which is kind of interesting for a guy of his uh, i guess his build he, he it's like a little uh a, a little bowling ball out there just the way he doesn't get nine, his feet that off the ground Five foot nine, two nineteen, eighty uh, eighth percentile spark athlete. Even though he only ran a four six four at the combine, he looks like he's much faster than four six four on the football field. But I think he that's can just jump. His level of competition is just so shitty. I mean that that's an FCS <laughs> program. Like I think those. I think he looks faster because those other guys are so slow. Still, uh, nineteen hundred and seventy nine total offensive yards last season. That was forty three percent of his team's total offensive production. Uh, like compare that to Jermichael Hasty's fourteen percent. I think that that's what I was talking about earlier. And fifty three percent of his team's touchdowns. He had eighteen touchdowns last season. Also, I mean, even though he only had too many catches, touches, too yeah, many I mean, touches, a whole lot of touches. Man, he got a whole lot of touches. He's got a lot of tread on the tires. I'm not sure he's an elite level athlete, despite the great testing. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not sure he's played football at a level where it really where it really translates. I thought you made a good point in your column about Bruce Anderson last year. Do you remember his tape when you watched that? Oh, you watched I, tape versus, I, I was. <laughs> you watched the tape versus Eastern Washington, and you're like, whoa! Like your I was blown away by Anderson. Like I can't wait to see this dude at the Senior Bowl. It's like he didn't do anything through the process. He can't even he can't even get a starting job over Dario Ogunbowale, you know, or a job on a 53 man roster over a guy like Dario Ogunbowale. Um, so it's like I I think Bruce Anderson is a good you know cautionary tale before you get too excited about what you see on tape out of James Robinson. With that being said, I see, I see enough there where I'm interested in maybe stashing him where I have roster space where I can maybe get him for free because we've seen these guys like Daryl Williams get, who's not as good a prospect as Robinson. I I don't think even though he played at LSU all this, Daryl Williams was just so much slower. Um there have been weeks where like he fell to a team in the Chiefs where everybody else is kind of hurt and if he wouldn't have gotten hurt there were weeks where you could have played him in DFS. You could have, you could, you could have played him in fantasy. James Robinson is the type of player who, if he gets into that situation, unlike Daryl Williams, could take advantage. He could earn himself a two-down role in the National Football League.